Let's push. Give me some. Let's go. Never fold. Ten toes down, baby. You know who it is. I'm trying to be like you, my bud. Shush. It's too late to turn back now. <laughs> the Morning Shift. Powered by Uno Media. I got, I got, I got, I got. World champ, world champ, world champ, world champ. Our guest this morning is our mother who will just happen to kick your little booty. 16 <laughs> fights, 16 wins. A product of Tamaki Makoto's West Auckland. She is a four division New Zealand champion holding more New Zealand titles than any other female boxer and the current IBO World Super Bantam Weight Champion. Our guest today, fams, the yes. Night Miyamoto. Welcome, sis. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here today. We're in the, the presence of greatness. This is what a paragraph, cool. Brooke. I love that. You're nailing these intros, you. my boy. You are nailing these intros. Oh, we've got world champion here today, man. Come on now. So IBO World Super for me, you know. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Great to have you in here today. Let's, uh, you got an amazing story that I, I can't wait to kind of dive into. I know a lot of the times when you we used to catch up, it was at our old place, but it was kind of like those quick chats. Yeah. We didn't have time today. I'm so excited to hear we your backstory, yeah. where you are today, and kind of unfold that. And what the future holds for you, because holy, <laughs> holy heck, it is going to be yeah, very, very <laughs> special. Very, very special today. So we always start the show with something called Meet Me at the Five. So it's like five quick questions. Oh, yeah. First one is, what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, remember to walk. Remember to walk. It's um a walk to a walk to Miranda. Sorry, see, I'm terrible with movie names. That's right. Yeah, but hey, that is a reminder for all of us to walk who uh, need to get a bit more active in our lives. Facts, facts. What's your favorite moment of that? The whole thing, actually. But when she sings, it's a great. Okay, shout out Mandy Moore. If you could fight anybody for a world title, dead or alive, who would you fight? Who would you? Oh, Jerome Pampelone. Peace boxing. Yeah. <laughs> you guys do get to do get to spy every now and then though. Is there any tea there? Is Jerome just someone you wanna have a boxing fight with? Yeah, it's just I love his craft mm. and his out of boxing and the way he holds himself. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's like literally the best like Jerome for me, he's my idol, he's my role mm. model, and he's the person that I look up to and like I wanna be I wanna fight like him. Mm. He's so calm and relaxed and he's just got wicked speed and power it's just unbelievable and i see his grind he's constantly just grinding every day Love so that's that that's that's new for me it's a new concept like so you want to give him a hiding because if i can beat him then i'm yeah. like yeah, i'll beat canelo <laughs> i know you obviously on a strict diet most of the time but when you get a chance like what's your first thing your favorite thing to eat after a fight burger king yeah it's burger king like that's the first thing that comes on my mind rodeo the Rebel Whopper. Oh, uh, yeah. Rebel Whopper? Yeah, because I don't eat meat. True. Yeah. But that is a good, Um, I don't really like veggie patties, but that's a good patty. It like is. the Rebel. Oh, okay. It tastes like the real thing. Okay, yeah. true. like that. But I you like don't that. feel so heavy. Are you, you feel like strict? nothing light. Are you super strict anyway during, or do you have a treat like on the weekends or usually? Or? Oh, no, I'm terrible with chocolate. <laughs> oh, you kill chocolate? Yeah, I'll What's your go-to chocolate? chocolate? Snickers. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, what about the Start Cart Bench? Floyd Mayweather? Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. Floyd Mayweather. Start? Start. Start. And who, that's a real box. Who would you put on the bench and who would you cut? I'd cut Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> 
Rumble, young man. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is real. Like Mike Tyson's like, got the power. Yeah, yeah. true. You know, they might sting like a butterfly. Don't worry about all that. It's boring. Don't worry about it. All right, fifth and final one. <laughs> and they didn't even care. Nah, I didn't. What, 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 what don't people appreciate about, about Floyd? Because you started him. Sorry, just quickly. Sorry, Brooke. His defense, his IQ. Like, he's got the best defense and IQ. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's hard to touch him. Like, have you ever seen him being hurt? Yeah. Nah. In his fights? 50 fights and 50 wins. Yeah. That's crazy. And he's a legend. But people just, it's just because he was smart about it, you know? <laughs> he's the highest paid fighter. And the way he did it, right from the start to the end, was amazing. Look, he's still getting paid high. True. He's not even fighting. I saw he was in South Africa the other day, and he spent $7 million at a Gucci store. Cash. Banged it out. Yeah, they see? walked out. $7 million. That's crazy. All right, final thing. Greatest accomplishment of all time? My children. Beautiful. The greatest gift I could ever, and that's the best accomplishment, was having all five of my kids. The best moment you can never take away from me. Yeah, Which is, great. like, I agree with you. The fact that you have five kids and still have the time and the patience and just the attitude to go out there and be what you are today and about to be even bigger blows my mind. It's just a credit to who you are and what you do and your craft. It's 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 amazing. So, yeah, you should 100%. be very proud of yourself. Well, that's Mimi at the five. <laughs> that is Mimi at five. That was good Ali on the beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ali, okay. I think maybe that's uh, <coughs> Maria. Yes. Maria, that's where we can start. People call you Mia, but that's because they mess up your real name, Maria, right? Yeah, because so I hate it when they call my name wrong. Yeah. Like, majority of people can't say it properly. They always call me Mariah or Maria. Because it's my to, identity. It's your identity, and mm. you've had to mom, change it up. My family named me. I was born. I came into this world with my name. Mm. So that's, if you can't say my name correctly, then don't say it. Just call it short. That's what that's I've learned. Yeah. Because... I would prefer it's like my nephew it took me like a whole year to try say his name correctly I wouldn't say it until I practiced it and practiced it and then I could now I can say his name which is Tuharota mm. which took me a year to learn we'll, we'll be saying Maria all of this podcast yeah, yeah. Um, the first question I kind of want to ask is at what age and when did you just start thinking I want to start getting into boxing and become a world champion uh, it was high school when I started and I hated it. Oh, like I hated it, but then I loved it. I liked the fitness of it. Like, did you get? Did someone just sign you up to boxing gym? Like, how did it happen? My mum signed me up, and I was like, okay, yes, yeah, sweet. I'll do. Because oh, I was playing soccer at the time, and I Football. was like, that's where the footwork comes in. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll be mean at this. And then like I try to like get into like the Auckland team and stuff, but I had to be like way fitter because I wasn't fit enough. Yeah. And so I went to boxing because my mum, her nickname, she was doing boxing at the same time, and her nickname was Mad Dog. <laughs> yeah. We still yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was because like one thing my mum she was crazy like she used to play league and she was like a crazy league player and she would never let me play it and I was like why can't I play league and she's like no it's not for you and then I was then like, she was like Bo boxing's the one yeah no but she put me in boxing and thinking that I'll just do it for fitness and then I was like nah okay you're not taking this away from me. <laughs> Cause she didn't like the shoulder charges in league mm. cuz she would always be scared like oh nah but boxing. So I, I don't want to be those guys but Maria you 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 look like someone who maybe had a few scraps at school like were you getting into fights or No. Oh, like really? people would fight me but I'd never lift my hands to them. Like even though I thought they could fight but then it's not a, it's not worth it trying to take someone's life away at the same time because I've seen it. I've seen like so many people just die from the wrong punch by their bare hands or mm. knuckles and so like I didn't want to do that to a girl, so I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. Like, 
she can't. Well, the majority of girls that had fights, I would like laugh because I would be like, is that all they got? Because it's all girls <laughs> fight so with like, they're like the hair. hair. Eh? It's, it's the like, hair for me. It's the hair and the scratching. <laughs> it's not fighting. But so what? What did like life like high school? You get into boxing. What did life look like for young Maria then? What were you going through? Then? It was actually awesome. Else, like with family, like I loved pig hunting, diving, going to the beaches. And having family feasts, like honestly, my aunties are like chefs. <laughs> Their food is like top of the line. I'm like, still to this day, I'm like, oh, there's not a restaurant that could still be my aunties cooking. Because yeah. I don't know, it's just made with love and it's just comfort. It's healing almost, yeah. yeah. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Did you always, obviously it wasn't like boxer was the first thing. When you are growing up, did you, did you want to be a, everyone says like, I want to be a doctor or I want to be a pilot. What did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be a firefighter. <laughs> hey, you, really, you really like yeah. red, eh? <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to be a firefighter. I was like, when I was young, I was like, I want to be a firefighter. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I want to help the community and stuff. Because I thought that was cool. Because I used to think firefighters work hard and like, it's scary at the same time. Facts. You have like five kids and you have to like train the whole way through that. What did you do during that period? We got one son each and we're like, I've got no time. I've got no time. I think you just learn and you find ways. Like, honestly, I just. I just kind of fluke it, really. Like, <laughs> the biggest thing is I got family support, but, oh, right. like, my family all work, so I have to try juggle it between my family and then myself. And I have to make it work because i got five kids. I'm like, you just – you find ways. Honestly, it's amazing how you literally think you only got one and that's hard, but it's not till you, like, have more. Then you realise, like, you just kind of just lock it in and it just falls – like, oh, no, okay. It just happens. It just happens. You make it work and you just go with the flow, really. And do they love watching your journey as a mum being a boxing champion? Yeah, my oldest do. Like, my, they my two biggest, now. they totally understand. And they're just, they don't want me to stop. They're like, just keep going, mum. And now my son, oh, do you know what? My son gave me the biggest fright yesterday. He was what? like, mum, um, how would you feel if I moved to Australia? I said, nope, it's not <laughs> happening. It's not happening. And then he was like, because he was like, oh, it's for work. And I was like, ah, oh, definitely no. No, no, no. No way you're not allowed to leave. And then he was like, no, but mum, it's for bowls. And I was like, oh, okay, nah, I changed my mind. Can you, you can talk go. about that yeah. quickly? So who is your son? He's My son is David Motu, and he's a professional lawn bowler. And he's only 16. Yeah, he gets paid too. Is it like that? Like there's a whole other, like, like there's a, this is like an underworld that we don't really know of or see, but it's like popping, like bowls. Yeah, bowls is big. Like I thought boxing was big, but he's way bigger than me. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. How cool is it that um, he's trying to... Be a champion, and his mum's trying to is a champion, and is still trying to be, you know, more no, get more championship status. Does do you like push each other? No, we don't actually. <laughs> just allow each other to be fun. Yeah, we and, just yeah. like so. What my the good thing is, I separate is boxing stays in boxing, and then my son's the same. Bowls stays in bowls. We'll like talk about our achievements, but we separate it yeah. because what. You know, when it's home time, it's spend time, quality time, because we barely see each other. So I try and make it just about family. It's a beautiful motivation to have too. Great yeah. Uh, Maria, sorry to, to interrupt. I just wanted to know, you know, you're talking about the levels it takes to be a professional athlete and you know, you understand it, your boy understands it, you know, and there's this mutual understanding. What What is it for us who don't know it? What is that extra level that's needed? Just need, you need like, you know, when you get opportunities offered to you, don't turn it away because a lot of us, like even when I had an opportunity when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, nah, I'll, I've got this, I'll, I'll do this and I'll rather stay here where I'm comfortable 
But a lot of us don't want to go, we're too scared and we're too fearful to go out of that comfort zone. And so we stay where, we're, where it suits us. That makes a lot of sense. And then we're unable to, how are we meant to grow when we stay comfortable? It's the unknown. It's amazing yeah. how the unknown actually can turn into greatness. That's wow. the amazing thing. Where did, um, Maria, where did you experience that? Like when did you push into the unknown and you had that that moment of like, is this what I read about? Is this what I see? Is this what it feels like? What well, is my first fight, my first professional fight. When I, I was so, like, I was actually scared, but I was confident, but I was actually scared because I was always like, oh, no. I always wanted to play safe mm. and I always wanted to be in my comfort zone. So I was like... How does that play out in a boxing fight? Because I know what you... I, I, I've done a tiny bit of sparring. But you you feel it you 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 don't attack it you is that how does it look like you hesitate you? Mm. so in life we we're always constantly hesitating and we never want to embrace our full potential it's amazing like literally no one understands how potential they are it's that we doubt ourselves and we kind of just sit in the safe zone mm. and it's not till you get out of that comfort zone and then you actually realize your true ability. Because so many of us, like I, I literally believe in everybody has a special talent. It doesn't have to be sport, but it could be like even through school, you know, work ethic. It's just, it's in anything. But they just, they stay safe. And because we we just stick at our comfort zone and what we, we know, and it's not till you realise the unknown, you're actually, you're destined for greatness. And that's why all the top world champions in any sport, it's because they've taken themselves out of that box and they've believed in and backed them and be like, nah, okay, I'm just gonna, tr- I'm just gonna trust what I know and give it a go. Because what happens? The biggest thing that can happen, yeah, you want to fall, but you can always get back up. Mm. Everyone's scared to fall because they're scared of getting back up again. It's not till you fall, you're learnt, and then you go again. And then you're going to constantly keep growing and it turn, you just become a champion. Win from failure, huh? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it worse in New Zealand? Because obviously you've travelled a lot and I, yes. I think we... What do you think it is about here, about our people, where, where we grow up, how we are, hide, hide, um, I can do this amazing thing, but I don't, I don't know. It comes down to attitude. That's what it is. And everyone just... Because attitude is the biggest thing in sports. Like, for me, like, attitude is big in boxing as well. Like, one thing Isaac's always said... If you ain't got the right attitude, you're not going to last in the sport. Because, mm-hmm. like, he always constantly drills with us, like, do you believe in yourself? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I can feel the doubt. The, he always says, then you've got power. you got, you know, you can beat these people. He believes in us no matter what. And so it's that extra belief that he gives us, and then it gives us that determination, like, oh, stuff the whole world. Mm-hmm. We're, we've got the we we've got the tools here. What do you when you say attitude for you? What do you what are you literally thinking? What is your self talk at training or in fights or what's an example of that? No one can beat me. Mm. Don't That's be scared. Don't be scared cuz you know what? A lot of Kiwis are scared. They are scared. They act <laughs> I'm tough. Scared too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They true, act tough. Like honestly, true. everyone like, you know, when someone sits them out there like, "Oh, yeah, I'm tough." But then when it comes to like sports, school, work, they're weak. I don't understand oh. it. So that's where, like, you know, they change their attitude. 
So when it comes to work and then it comes to sport, they're like, mm-hmm. or believing in themselves or yeah. showing up for themselves. But if, if someone steps in up, they're like, okay, come yeah. on. Yeah. And that's when they added, why can't they keep that in the work, in the sport? Because in the everyday succeed. environment. Yeah, in the environment. I can't say it enough. I have watched you train and I've watched you show up and I've watched you walk into training and I'm just like, I did, I did a, you know, five, six weeks. Yeah. You know, that's all I did. And, and I was wrecked. But you, I, I watch you. You have this unrelenting, no quit attitude. And I just, I just have to affirm you on the words that you're saying, and that you're actually about it. Like, guys, if you're listening to the shifters, this is a world champion. This is someone who, like, we've even talked about like weight classes yet, and how a lot of boxers won't fight outside a certain amount of weight. Yeah. Your last fight, did you fight Nanson last time? Oh, oh yes, yeah. Oh, that was last year. Can you can you talk about like the the weights and how you really shouldn't have been in that in that fight technically, right? Yeah. In terms of weights, like, can you can you speak to that? Like, explain it in layman's terms for those of us who don't understand. So normally I fight at fifty five three, which is quite very small. Which what's the what's that weight category? That's super bantam. Super bantam, yes. So I moved up three weight divisions, and that would have been sixty kilos. To fight baby Nathan. Which is huge in, in fighting, right? That's huge. Like, you're giving so much weight because, like, also she's cutting down and then I'm trying to put on weight, which was such a struggle to put on the weight. Yeah. So let's say you go into the fight at 54-ish. Yeah. What what will she fight at, at? What would she what would she have fought at on that fight night? She could have got up to... She could have got up to easy 63 to 66. Oh, wow. Easy. Or even 69. And you're taking that fight like, yeah. Yeah. I want to fight. And you because, won. <laughs> yeah, because I just, you know, I truly believe in just don't fear nobody. Because, you know, if you're a true believer, you know, if you're a really true believer and you stick to your faith, and I truly believe in my faith, I'm very strong in my faith. And I've always read the Bible since growing up. My mum's in stone that with us, so it's constantly always replaying in my mind. And it always says, you know, you shall you shall not fear anybody but our Heavenly Father. Is that where it comes to too? Because there's a very fine line between arrogance and confidence. Yeah. And I don't think you even towed the line at all. I can't hear you being arrogant in any way, shape or form. Confidence is definitely there. Yes. But is that where that, that confidence comes from? Yes, it does. Definitely. And the work you put in? Is yes. That- it all comes down from me being a believer. When you ask, who are you? I think artists do a really good job because they write their problems. In their songs, they write what's happened mm. to them, who they are. When you talk to athletes, a lot of the time we run from our problems. And when we go to our happy places in between the court, we never write anything down. So yeah. we get to this place to run from our problems, to silence anything out. But I feel very different about you. I feel like you know exactly who you are, where you are at every time. Like you're very here right now, present. You know what you're doing. You know everyone in your life who needs to be there, who's the right people in your life, who you are, loyal to it. To a T, I feel like you would nail that question of who are you? Is that right? Like you feel like you know exactly who you I, are? I know who I am, but then also I don't know who I am. You know why? Because I'm still destined for more greatness. Oh, wow. That's why. I'm not limiting myself. And that's what we do. That's what we, do. we limit and we just stop there. No, don't stop there. Keep growing because you know what? It's not until you keep growing. You learn every time. You're always learning something new. I'm always learning every week something new about myself. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know I could do it like that. Oh, wow. We, we all know wow. that, Maria, like you experience the high highs, but there are the low lows too, yeah. you know. And I, and I have, I've heard, I've seen a couple of clips from other podcasts you've done where you've actually been super vulnerable and transparent about 
your your other journeys that you've experienced, uh, particularly with domestic violence. Yeah. And I know um, I spoke with one of your coaches, and she actually mentioned, you know, it's awesome you're doing the potty with Maria, but can we remember that that's a part of her journey, but it's it's not what she's looking to be remembered for. She's yeah. a champion. Yes. You know, and so you know, if you don't mind us asking. What is that part of your story and what you're comfortable to share? And So that part of my story is I went through domestic violence, which I'm not ashamed now. If you asked me last year to speak about it, I would be ashamed. But now all I see is that I need to be the voice for those other, not just females, but for males as well. Because we mm. all go through domestic violence. I've seen women hurt men and men have never lifted their hands. So it happens in all of us. It's not just females, it's in males as well. So I've gone through that and I went through that for like eight to ten years because I thought that's all I that's all I, I knew. knew. It's normal. It was normal to me. I didn't know I was so ashamed of speaking about it. And when I did speak to somebody, they kind of shut me out and was like, Well, you're the idiot for staying. And I'm like, Well, give me the tools of how to get out. Because I don't know how to get out. Because when I did try to escape, I couldn't get out because they would always find me. It's much easier said than done. Yeah, it's much easier said than done. So I went through everything. I went through court. I went through police. And they still couldn't help me. And they just, I kind of just ended up being, I was just like a statistic. Like I'm a number. So it took me 10 years to get out of that violent abuse. And I hid it because I was so ashamed but now I'm proud to speak about it because I want to change that narrative and normalize it. Because by changing the narrative, you've got I've got to speak it and voice it and normalize it. Because you speak about it now and people are just like, Well, you're the idiot. You know, that's the yeah. all the common and it's like have some understanding. Like just have some understanding. Like it was actually hard. Some of sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's so damn hard that you can't get out because you run away and they come and find you. You you know, they put like the police put you in a safe place. They still find you. Like they're relentless. They just keep fighting and fighting because they believe that you're you know, you're the property Position. of them. So you, you can't escape. You try escape. I even moved to Australia. Still couldn't escape, and that didn't work. So, yeah, I went through that for so many years. I was on the run. I literally, I've been all the way from the top of the North Island all the way to the bottom and still found me. And then I moved to Australia, still found me, still didn't work. So I was like, what am I doing running? Why am I running? Why don't I just face it on and do it myself? And that's what I did. I took it on myself because I hated the system. Because the system, they failed me. They turned it like he was that, you know, people don't realise how clever gang members are. They act so dumb, but they're super bloody clever. They know the system in and out. So they know how the courts works and then they know how the police work. The police can only go so far with their evidence, but at the end of the day, it's the judge that has the full say. So if the evidence isn't there, then... So that's what happened to me. Like, I got... Uh, the evidence got flipped on me and he blamed me like, you know, because I'm a, I'm, I'm a boxer. This is how clever he said because I put up for domestic violence to the police and then he went to the um, courts and his lawyer and said, that's from boxing. So that's how clever so they are. This, this whole time you're training still, yep. trying to be a champion, trying to be a mum. Yeah. And, and you're going and you're going through that. Going through that. 
mm. on my own too. Well, what was the moment you knew? I've I've got an, I've defeated this. Like, you know, this is not going to be a part of my story anymore. Oh, it would have been definitely. Oh, I have to say, last year. Mm. You know what? Because I've never spoken about it. Because I've never. I've always dealt with my. I've always had this tough persona, and I've never allowed people in. And I've only just allowed my gym mates and my coach and to my whole. Oh, and knowing them, not knowing, yeah, they being devastated. He was like, yeah. but he was like, Isaac promised me that I'd never have to go through that again, and that he would always have my back. Him and Alina will always be there for me from day one. So, like, oh, excuse me, emotion. <laughs> yeah, so it meant the world to me because, like, you know, literally after my fight, my ex partner who I left last year as well, because this is this, my children's second dad. He kind of, we split last year and we've been, a, a, like, we commun- co-parent. But then I think because of all, like, the fame I got in my fight, he kind of got jealous and he saw us at the mall and then he just started, like, screaming and abusing at me. And then I was just, and I had my, my three girls. So I, like, try to just keep it calm because I don't want my children to be upset. So I kept it calm and my daughter ran away. I rang Isaac straight away because, you know, the security, I asked the security in New Lynn, I was like, can you please help me? Mm. Like, call the cops. They did nothing. They just stood there. And I was really amazed at all, the amount of people that stood there mm. and watched a man abuse me and my kids. Mm. And it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't just like... like uh, you said people are scared, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, he was just, but there's, like, he's the son, like, there was heaps of people. Mm. But one person who's screaming down the whole mall and, and, and allowing their children to mm. be, like, hear this, they just stood there and looked. And, like, some were, like, pulling their phones out, and I was like, why don't Help you me. just call? Mm. Like, I'm telling people, call, please, and I'm telling him in a very calm way, saying, please walk away. Please leave me alone. Please do not be, abuse us here. Oh, Isaac. So I had to wait till he's moved so he doesn't snatch my phone. I call Isaac. He gets down there straight away oh. and literally saves us. Do you feel Best stronger coach. now more than ever before? Obviously, oh, yeah. we know what you can do, like physically. But I also feel like there's a, a small barrier there mentally yeah. of things you're going through on your own, this journey that you're trying to work out on your own. And obviously, because you're a boxer and you're a world champion, it kind of feels like, I would imagine... I'm strong. I can do this. Yeah. I don't need to tell anyone. But then you finally tell someone or you start to let mm. people know about the yeah. story and then this whole new side of you comes out. And I guess going back to that to finding out who you are. Yeah. And then like, it's like, cause like, you know, when that happened, I call Isaac and they lit- he literally picks me and the kids up and I literally go by him and Alina and they just make sure that I'm safe. I'm okay. And I was fine. I was, I was just frustrated. Like, Oh, why is, why is this all over again? But then I was like, that's Okay. You know, let's carry on. I'm, I'm not, I could be in a worse position. I could be in a way worse position. But no, I'm in a great position and I'm not going to let that person take control of my just life. Goosebumps this whole day. <sighs> just gets me emotional because you're so awesome, Maria. You know, you're so awesome. And it's actually relatively close, your breakthrough, to um, how comfortable you are sharing your truth. Yeah. And it's what makes it courageous is that... Uh, You haven't like allowed you, yourself space. You're just like, I want people to feel this if they're going through it. So I'm yeah. gonna share my story, you know. And I don't know, like this chat is—it's not all packaged perfectly. 
sorry for getting emotional. That's uh, okay. But yeah. it's mean. Like this is what the chats should feel like. You yeah. Know, and, th- and just thank you for sharing your story. And it's so you are just so amazing. And I think I, I as you're talking. I'm getting flashbacks of you in the gym just being awesome, <laughs> you know, and then just saying you want to be awesome. Yeah. So, ah, oh man, I'm just weird. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And just even I always say for every struggle, there's a light. Mm. And hold on to it and keep fighting. There's going to be a lot of people that hear this today and just go, damn, I can do it. Yeah. I can do it. Holy. Well, we're not ending there. Can yeah. we talk about this fight? Let's promo yeah. the fight and you being <laughs> awesome. So you're already a champion. So who are you fighting next? Who are they? And how can we all, because all the shifters hearing this, they're going to get behind you. Don't worry. So how do we get behind it? So I'm fighting Alan, who's from Malawi. And you can catch it on Sky Sports. Or come to our event on North Shore Event Centre on 26th of August, and it's not just me that's fighting for a world title. We've also got Lani Daniels, wow. another multi female who's awesome, won a world man. title as well. And then we've got Jerome Pampalone, who I truly believe is going to be the next world champion. Mm. And then we've got our boy Zane, who's our up and coming, who's just, he's another one that's going to be a world Look champion. It, he's, yes. he's from South Africa too. Yeah. But he's only little. He's like, he's taller than me. He's like 5'7", I think. And he's um, 50 kilos. Oh. But Ooh. man, he don't punch like he's fifty. Mm. He punches like he's like sixty kilos. I'm like, whoa. Even I like I'm scared of his power. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Obviously we're not getting too far ahead, but what's next? Collect all the belts. Rack them up. I'm not stopping till I get them. Oh if I fall, I fall, I'll get back up and keep going. Shifters, that. we That's have doing a, the distance right there. We have yeah. our people's champion. You better, you better understand and recognize who Maria, the nightmare motu is. Uh, I think we can all agree we're going to follow your journey, sis. And just thank you again. Such a privilege to thank you so much. Hear your story and you ch- and you chat with us. Any last words? Just believe in yourself. Mm. Believe and don't let anyone tell you you can't. Because there's so many negative people, but surround yourself with positive, positive circle. You don't need a you don't need a village to be great. You only need a handful of people and you keep that and you hold on to them. Don't let them go and go all the way. Keep climbing. Ah, you're the best. Listen, more than plenty of us. This is the shift. The shift. Go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. The morning shift. I'm going to make them an offer again with you. The shift. I love you. This is the shift. Got it. <laughs> okay.